This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's our weekly podcast, the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex in the South Side. Tim Benz and Joe Rudder with you here on Trib Live of the Fans First Network as the Steelers get ready to face the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday, the second straight Saturday game for the Steelers. That means the second straight Monday news conference for Mike Tomlin. And the quote that I took away from this one, Joe, was that he's tired of squashing grapes. He wants to drink wine. I would like a bottle of old granddad after going through the last three weeks and trying to come up with new ways to write the same thing, which is that the players aren't that good, the coaching hasn't been that good, and I'm not really all that interested in delving into the nuances between anymore. I don't know if you're at that point either, but I feel like if I just went on to social media and posted hashtag Steelers, I'd get 50 responses from people saying the players stink, 50 responses from people going at the coaches that stink. I don't think either group is very good. They, they, have, they, they haven't shown it, that's for sure. Um, you know, and, and it might be rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, but you know, Mason Rudolph is the biggest change this week going into uh, you know, going to get his first start, barring some miraculous return by Kenny Pickett, which I don't see happening. But yeah, it looks like you know, Mason, Mason Rudolph, after years of kind of waiting and you know, putting up with stuff that has gone against him is finally going to be rewarded with a start. It's taken a while, but, uh, you know, that's the one thing positive I think fans can take out of this because I think they're just sick and tired of seeing what was been put out there offensively recently. I was listening very hard for rationale for Mike Tomlin as to why now. And I guess I get it insofar as Pickett was ineffective, he got hurt, Trubisky is ineffective, let's bench him. But why is it going to be any different for Rudolph? And he kept saying stuff like, he's a great teammate, he's supportive, he's been in the program, this nuanced stuff. But he did bury in one response to me about Rudolph when I asked that specific question, like, why him, why now? He said something about him being a calculated risk taker. That's something that's been lacking here. I, I think Kenny Pickett has been praised for not taking risks and for not putting the ball in harm's way. 
I think that Mitch Trubisky um, has proven to be when he doesn't take risks, that's when risks should be taken. And when he does take risks, that's when the ball should have been checked down. He's been like the complete opposite of whatever they've wanted on play to play. So maybe that's what they're hoping to get out of Mason is just when he decides to take a shot, it's there and he hits it. Yeah, I mean, you know, after seeing what they've seen so far, you know, maybe, you know, that might be the way to go. I mean, you, you, you've seen, you know, they wanted to be more aggressive. Mitch Trubisky said he was going to come out and be more aggressive. Well, he was more aggressive to a fault, throw, you know, throwing off his back foot, throwing, to, you know, the wide of his receivers, throwing, you know, just, just, not, just not looking confident or comfortable out there. Mason Rudolph. You know, I mean, he goes back to actually having Matt Canada as his quarterback coach. So if anybody is familiar with what they're trying to do but really hasn't been given a chance to execute it, it's him. So now he gets a chance, you know, maybe sitting from his couch wherever he's living now, Matt Canada can watch and look on proudly to see if Mason does what, you know, they've been trying to unleash for a couple years now. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of the, you know, they're down to the point of last straws and, you know, they really didn't have any of their options. And so you're going to see Mason Rudolph and you might see a whole bunch of new people on defense. What Tomlin said during the press conference was that he admitted that he put Mason in there to sort of knock off some of the rust and get him ready for this. So my response <laughs> is, why is he just swinging the ball sideways to Jalen Warren then and handing it off? Yeah, I mean, you know, and I guess that was the reason he took all those timeouts. Nobody asked him about it, though, today. At the end, to get the offense back out on the field one more time, um, I, you know, maybe there was a miscommunication there and he wanted Mason to throw a few more passes. I don't know. Maybe Mason knew it was you know, futile to try it and just said, let's hand the ball off. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure either. Yeah, maybe he was trying to get more center quarterback exchanges in game situations. Just, I, I don't know. But, you know, it, it's, it'll be good. To, I, I think it'll be refreshing to see what Mason Rudolph can bring because, you know, for the last year and a half, fans have just seen too much of the other two guys without really any tangible results. That being said, though, I got the impression that if Kenny Pickett is 60% they're going to play Kenny Pickett. I mean, like, if this if this had been a game that Mitch Trubisky had won against the Colts ugly, like if they had won 13-12 to 12 and they, they didn't score after the first th- 13 that they had scored, but the defense did its part and kept the Colts out of the end zone, I get the impression they still would have gone back to Mitch. Um, but they obviously are leaving the light on for Kenny Pickett in what would be an emergency situation, and I do think they deem having to start Mason Rudolph as being emergent. <laughs> I guess they do, but you know, really, are you going to really start Kenny Pickett? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't do that either. I'm going to start him the rest of the year. Exactly, and especially if Mason goes out and has a game that we've seen from Mitch Trubisky, and they lose the fourth game in a row. Why would you think about bringing Kenny Pickett back for Seattle, or you know, even that last game at Baltimore? I, you know, I don't. I don't see any reason to do that. Um, I think you kind of ride it out with what you have. Um, but yeah, I. I don't see the reason why you would try to get him ready for this game when he's just coming off, what, two games missed because of this surgery. For Rudolph and the wide receivers that he's working with, they've been a point of emphasis for the fans and media. They've been a point of scrutiny, of ire, especially Pickens this week because of how he chased down the defensive back. There was Justin Blackman, is that who it was, that intercepted the pass uh, from Mitch Trubisky late in the game, and he just ran right by him like he was going to get on I-70 and start heading home on his own. And then there was also the play where he didn't bother blocking anybody at the end zone, and Jalen Warren got popped and didn't score. 
So I, I think rightfully the question of effort and desire and stick to and determination has come back up again and once more from the wide receiver position. It, it has. And the only thing which was, was a question I was kind of alluding to after some of these questions about, you know, his effort on that play is, you know, other than injuries, are you in quarterback? Are you? planning any changes in roles at any other positions and he said that's an ongoing discussion it wouldn't surprise me if he does he doesn't sit pickens for a while in this game uh, maybe a quarter maybe a half because really you have to if you're not having any discipline at all and you're watching this and guys going out here especially after you supposedly had this great meaning about his frustrations and how to make him a more productive player um, a more accountable player and he goes out and does that you've got to do something then you've totally just let the inmates run the asylum if you're not going to show any kind of discipline when someone repeatedly you know does not show the effort in those situations And, and it's weird because George Pickens earlier even last year, I thought was a much better blocker than he's shown this year. He had much more effort. So if he's checked out, then why not play more of Calvin Austin? Heck, put in uh, Miles Boykin. Any you know, you know Miles Boykin's going to give you effort. Uh, you know, I, I'd rather see those guys go out there and try than another game of George Pickens. You know, just going at it half speed. Those guys just aren't going to get anything done, though. That's the problem. You know, I mean, maybe Austin will if you can figure out a way to utilize him properly. When it comes to Reduced effectiveness in blocking, though. Boy, you can look at the offensive line and the tight ends, can't you? Yeah, you can. And they're not getting anything there. Um, you know, Darnell Washington hasn't been, you know, the great savior as a blocking tight end that he was made out to be coming out of college. He's got a ways to go. Um, you know, the line did regress. And, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin pointed out to being one-dimensional and, you know, it was a little harder to perform that way. And there, there is something to that. But you want to see that group get stronger, especially with four-fifths of them being fully together in their second full season toward the end. You want to see much more continuity there, consistency, and you're not getting that right now. And I I was curious, and maybe this will play out in practice, if they'd put Broderick Jones back on the left side, either put Chooks in or you know, move Dan Moore around or something. Yeah, Chooks like is the one guy who's been disciplined hasn't been able to get back on the field for it. Yeah, yeah, and if anybody's paid his penance, it's, you know, it's been Chooks, so why not maybe give him a chance to get back in there, play strong, because he's probably not going to be back next year. He goes out, has reason to play strong, so that he can, you know, get a job elsewhere. Were you at all more satisfied with the explanation about the punt versus the field goal attempt today? <laughs> not really, and, and my only concern was that, you know, the only reason he might not have tried it is, you know, Boswell hit the upright on the extra point attempt. Was he dealing with some kind of issue, you know, that prevented him? But, you know, from watching Boswell run out there to ready to try the field goal, that seemed not to be the case. He cleared it up, said Boswell was not dealing with anything. I didn't really – I understood his explanation, but still, I don't agree with it. You know, I think you've got to go out and try that field goal. You're, you're, at this point, your defense is, is worn down, not doing anything anyhow. Does it matter if they're at the 50 versus at the 15? I didn't think so. Especially since you're dealing with one of the most consistent kickers in the league versus one of the most inconsistent punters. Yeah. And you're trying to get a touch play from your punter to gain an extra 10 yards. Like you're giving him an absolute, you know, bucket to punt in. And you know that's not his strength. Yeah, it's not. And, uh, you know, he put it to the 17-yard line. You know, it was, it was a dud of a punt. Um, you know, and, and if Boswell goes out there and makes it, you're within eight. If you're that concerned about your defense, you've still got three minutes left in the third quarter, do an onside kick. Try to get the ball back in your offense's hands, you know, or any, you know, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't understand. I, I understood what he was trying to do, but I just totally did not agree with it.
All right, that'll do it for us. We will be back next week after the Bengals game. A little bit of a more normal schedule, I think, although we'll see how they adjusted for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and all that. So uh, the Steelers will play on Sunday uh, on New Year's Eve against the Seattle Seahawks. So our next podcast will be back a little bit closer to normal schedule after the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Read Joe all week at Trib Live, and you can read me at Breakfast with Ben's.